So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup. Ha ha, okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing Season 3, Episode 1 of Life After Lockup. Lisa and Stan gossip with their friends. Brittany finds out about Ray's restitution. Brittany and Marcelino invest in a business. Shane is spending 10 hours at the gym instead of at home with Lacey and the kids. And Sean is a big lying idiot who is putting Kelly through the same old shit. If you like what you hear, please support us and give us a rating or send us constructive feedback. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. I know the answer to this question already, but how are you doing? (laughs) I am doing all right. Vision is a problem. (laughs) (laughs) On the plus side, you didn't have to go to work today. On the minus side, it's because you can't see anything. (laughs) Right, right. So I had a vision correction surgery, but it wasn't LASIK. And most people only know of LASIK when, you know, you say vision correction. But I had the one that takes longer to heal for other complications that I have. And so basically that means I can't even see well enough to drive for like five days. And so being able to type and read things (laughs) has been a huge challenge. (laughs) Yeah, so, so, yeah, we're going to have to forgive your um, possibly, potentially choppy right. summaries. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what am I typing? <laughs> <laughs> I, let's hope autocorrect didn't take over things. Oh, You're like, gosh, was there really yeah, a duck in there? Okay. Yeah. But we're starting, luckily for this show, I had three of the couples and you had two. So let's start with one of mine. And I'm going to start with the one that was in there the least amount of time. That was Brittany and Ray. We're already got better be confusing because we have two Britneys this season. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Brittany and Ray are in the market for a new bed since they broke the old one from all the sex. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. So they look around at a bunch of beds at the furniture store and just kind of settle on one and have a conversation there. Ray once says he wants to get a job so he doesn't always have to ask Brittany for money. And Brittany wants him to get a job so he can buy her a big fat ring. <laughs> She tells us in an interview about her five-year plan. Year one, engaged, maybe even married. In the next five years, definitely married, maybe with two to three kids. But we kind of come back to Ray, who doesn't want to rush into the marriage for financial reasons. Namely, that he owes a huge amount of money of restitution and wants to pay that down before paying for a big wedding. Now, we've learned that it's $143,000 that Ray owes in restitution and that's brand new news to Brittany. Um, and also what is news is his payment plan, which is he calls his PO every month and he just comes up with a number and he <laughs> pays that. So Ray also says that if he pays his restitution, if he does not pay his restitution, he'll be a, in parole violation and could go back to prison. He says that his restitution was high because he's the, his crimes were extensive and also expensive because basically he stole pills from pharmacies and sold them on the street. So now Brittany is worried that this could affect her credit and her life too going forward. All right. So ah, this is kind of a weird thing that I feel like in other cases – they would have been teasing Ray being like, I have a secret that I'm not telling Brittany. Oh, gosh. But why do you think they didn't do that? 
Yeah, they didn't do that. That's surprising. And this is actually the first instance that we've actually heard of anyone actually having to pay restitution. And I'm not saying that it hasn't happened with any. I'm sure there are, you know, some of our cast members in the past that have had to pay restitution. This is the first we're hearing about it. Maybe it's because it's such a large sum. But it was interesting Mm -hmm. that Brittany compared it, I think, pretty accurately to this is basically someone with like, like student loans. Yeah, when she says that, that not just like that's like grad school student loans. Yeah. This is like you stayed in college with your student loans and kept getting more. Yeah, she's like bachelor's and master's, which is probably not that far off depending no. on what school you went to. I know, sad, huh? Right. Um, but you know, if I were Ray, I would be working that angle for like dragging your feet, like. You know, hey, you know, you want to get married? You're going to be hitching your ride to this restitution wagon. Like, is that (laughs) really what you want? It's got to go on your credit, too. You're going to be up. You're going to be stuck with it. Or we really want that. And especially when she was like, like, she wants, she said she wanted a ring. I want to know the people, but I want to know that, you know, people, I'm your woman. People don't have to wonder what's their relationship like, which I don't really, I don't know. I, I don't know that that is the way people go about their daily life, being like, there's a man and a woman together holding hands in the street. <laughs> what is she to him? I, I don't know because I, I can't see if there's a ring or not. Like, Right. But but she doesn't just want – she wants a big fat ring. Come on. Yes, yes. Um, I think also she wants – I can see that situation um, if they had a kid, right? Because I do think people are still like judgmental about – you know, oh, an unmarried couple, even though it's pretty common nowadays, it's pretty you know. Common. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, like, um, you know, I think people also, they don't necessarily do it to judge, but it's kind of like, oh, single mom, you know, like, what's your situation? Mm-hmm. So I can yeah. understand if they have kids in the mix, but just for being out and about, you're right. I doubt anyone is like paying any second thought of what the status of this random couple's relationship is. But I think it's more of a status thing for her, you know, like even totally. the ring, it's a status thing. Yeah. And it's like, I think it cares more about, she cares more about, yes, that just, yeah, showing off her status than being like, people are confused by our relationship unless I have this <laughs> one specific thing. And it's like, and because if it was that, then you wouldn't have to save up money for it. You could just go get one, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You get a, a cheapy one. I feel like we're going to immediately regret saying this, but I actually really like Ray. He just seems the most down to earth out of all of them, the most like low key, the most like, you know, willing to, you know, talk things out, not cause unnecessary drama. And it's like as soon as we say that about a person, they like immediately turn around and become a garbage person like the next week. But But we (laughs) haven't seen anything like violent about him. He doesn't like – we usually see people who don't get their way and just turn turn into complete psychos, mm-hmm. and also not a total idiot. Like yeah. in terms of like, I need to pay this money back, and my I'll go back to jail if I don't. And not like in the way that some of the other people did, where they just kept reminding us the fifty thousand dollars, and if he doesn't <laughs> show up to the thing, right? It just seems like right. he has like. Those are the steps. He's taking the right steps that he has to take. Like, right. Hey, Good please, intentions, Based on the situation too. he's in. Yeah. And even on the last uh, episode, the season finale of, you know, like their original season, they right. said in the update that he got a job. So this was clearly filmed before, like, they kind of put that together because Ray sure. still does not have a job. 
in this episode. But we know he's going to get a job, so it's like, good on you, Ray. You have already outpaced everyone else that's ever been on this show. (laughs) Yeah, most of them by a long shot. That's definitely true. All right, uh, let's talk about Stan and Lisa. So Stan has proven his love for Lisa by getting her name tattooed to his ass. Lisa says she's trying to build something with Stan, but then complains about how frugal Stan is, like watering down his dish soap. Stan thinks that if Lisa wants money, she should just get a job. They joke and banter about how much money Stan will give her for a shopping trip with a friend. Stan is very nervous giving her a credit card, but very reluctantly, and Lisa pretty much has to, like, wrestle it out of his hands, (laughs) uh, agrees. Lisa has no real plans for a budget when she goes shopping, and if she maxes out his credit card, whatever. Stan meets up with his friends at the gym to gossip. Uh, Stan tells his friends that Lisa spends a lot of time just sleeping or texting, but bottom line, not touching him. Stan says she's never in the mood, and he thinks that's just weird. But Stan is convinced that they have some kind of magnetic love. Lisa meets up with her friend Natasha to go shopping. She confides uh, in Tasha that she feels like a live-in sex slave. Lisa thinks that she never asks him for money, so even though he spent $20,000 on her, she doesn't think of it as a trick. Lisa admits that she uh, has a date with a girl, Renata, and Lisa thinks that Stan just is going to have to accept who she chooses to have relationships with. She ends up spending about $350 on her shopping trip and immediately arranges for Renata to pick her up at Stan's place later. Okay, how do you think Stan is going to react? You know, knowing that Lisa just has another girl, like, and he just has to accept it. Is he going to accept it or give her the boot? Oh, I think that she is even not as... That's one of those things that I think she tells to us and she tells the camera and she tells her friend, but she knows it's not true. Like she knows, kid, you're just going to have to accept that I'm out fucking other people. Like nobody – that's not a relationship thing that people like deal with, especially not somebody as uh, set in his ways, let's mm-hmm. say, as as Stan, right? I mean I, don't, I think Stan might be OK if she was like, hey, Renata's going to join us in our weird sex dungeon basement. He might be OK with that. Yeah. He'd be into that, but he's not going to be into, oh, I'm just going to go and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see who I want and be who I want and you're just going to you're just gonna have to deal with it. That, that, he's not going to do that. I think Stan would be more okay with her, you know, stepping out if he was getting more because yeah. I think that right now he's not entirely satisfied with their relationship. And so mm-hmm. it's like if he's not satisfied – it's very easy to kind of be like, well, what am I dealing with anyway? Why am I putting up with this? Yeah. I mean, it's well, that's not all that much different than what Deontay was saying. Like, wait, wait mm-hmm. why am I going to share you with somebody else when I'm not even getting like what I want or am I not getting what I want out of this relationship? And, and to be fair, that is, I don't know. I feel, I feel kind of both ways because it does suck because she is, I mean, I kind of agree with the assessment that she is kind of a sex slave in there. Like that's what she's there to be. She's, Mm -hmm. that's what he wants her there for. Right. But that was also not a secret. Like he was pretty straightforward about that being like a huge part of the relationship that he, that he wanted and they had established. So like, it's not like he, I don't feel like he really like, you know, 
baited and switched her. Like, that's pretty much what he said the whole time. Right. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. But I think that to actually know that that is your reality, to live that reality is kind of something different, right? It may have been exciting at the beginning, like, oh, yeah, like, this man's, like, really attracted to me. Like, he just wants me all the time. And then realizing, like, that's all he wants. And Mm -hmm. I think also it does kind of seem like if they're not trying to get to know you or really kind of support you in any other way, it just, it, I don't know. To me, it just feels like, oh, well I could easily be replaced by something else. Like, you know, (laughs) cause it's just like, well, you know, it's like, if that's all you're interested in is sex, it's like, you can just go out and get sex. Like that's easily replaceable. I mean, if anything, you know, even if it's not a relationship, like you say sex sure. slave, you could just pay for it, you know, but it's just like right. it's out there. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess what it is, it's, it, it kind of runs into that, you know, that cliche, you know, talked about what's the difference between creepy and romantic is how much <laughs> the person's into it, right? Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing. Like if if he just wants to have sex all the time and she equally wants to have sex the same amount of times, then it's not – you don't feel like a select slave. You don't feel like that's all he's interested in because you're on the same wavelength. It's being on that different wavelength when it comes to it. And yes, can he knock her off the wavelength by, like you said, not caring about literally anything else and not seeming to care about her as a person? Yeah, but I and that's that's I guess that's where it came from is that he he just feels like they had this wavelength before and didn't think he had to do anything outside of that to maintain it, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just, ugh. It, I mean, he always, yeah. Yeah, Stan, he's kind of creeps me out. I think it's like his voice, too, really. It's the voice and the rug. There's like yeah. just things where it's just like he's like a made-for-TV villain. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he definitely looks like, he definitely looks like he's like going to try to steal Beethoven's puppies or something like that <laughs> at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that's Cruella DeVille's like husband. Like oh, I could, yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's like the pushover husband that she yells at all the time. And he's <laughs> like, okay, honey. Sure. Okay. We just made up a new character. It's amazing. Okay. So right, let's go on and let's go to – oh, this is my favorite um, segment of the thing. I even texted you about it because uh, I'm, I'm glad to have him back. King Idiot Sean oh, is God. back. Did you text me about that? I swear. Did I text you back? Yeah, you did. You oh, my gosh. I just okay. said more or less what I'm about to say here. I said, King Idiot Sean is back to plumb the depths of how dumb one guy can be. Oh, my gosh. So yes, we first see him walking that. into a restaurant where he has some reservation. He tells us that Destiny is back in prison and still calls her to get money out of him. And he just says, but she doesn't get it. We're done. <laughs> anyway, she says he owes him, of course. You owed me. He's at the restaurant to meet with Kelly, his baby mama, to tell her something so big that he's worried she'll cut him off from his kids. She knows that something is up because they were together for 16 years and he never took her to this fancy of a restaurant before. So she asks what his news is pretty immediately and it's – no lie. It's big. Hmm. He's already quit his job and is moving to Ohio. Just a reminder, they live in Vegas now. And he did all that because he's talking to another inmate. Oh, God, Sean. Which is exactly – then they give a flashback what he said he would never do. He told Kelly and his daughter, I would never do that, never do anything like this again. All right. Um, anyway, things it, it unbelievably only get dumber from here. Mm-hmm. So it turns out that this new roommate, new inmate whose name is Sarah, he was talking to her way back when he was also talking to Destiny. 
And then they, quote, got back in touch after he and Destiny didn't work out. He also says that Destiny and Sarah don't know about each other because they don't need to know. Anyway, Sean says Sarah is different than Destiny because he only put like six or $7,000 on her instead of like the $30,000 he spent on God, Destiny. Idiot. So now is the time when he, you know, tactfully says he wants Kelly to meet her because, you know, so, so the kids can come out there even though he has, A, never met her himself. Stupid. And gave up everything for her even though she didn't ask him to move doesn't know he's moving and oh isn't even sure he told her he had kids. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow, Sean, you're so dumb. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, because he was juggling so many lies and omissions between Sarah and Destiny, he honestly can't remember how many kids he told her he had, but he does remember that he told her he was 36, which is a full decade younger than he actually oh. is. Such an idiot. So Kelly is frustrated that he's still pulling all this crap. He insists that he cares and he's not a terrible father, but he's only being a little selfish because, you know, he pays child support or whatever. Um, anyway, he, he says all this because the real conclusion he jumped to is the real reason he thinks Kelly is upset is because she wants him back and she's the one being selfish. Wow. Idiot. So she just says, are you fucking kidding me? Throws water in his face and leaves him there. So, woo. Okay, I'm going to start with all the dumb things. I was going to say, can I just point out one thing? <laughs> he has said at some point during a segment, I don't lie to women. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> He's done nothing but lie this to them. This whole segment was about uncovering all your lies. Yes, it was just, I mean, I just thought it was, it was hilarious to me that like he had this plan and Kelly immediately was like, does she know you're doing that? He was like, wow. no. He's like, did she uh, Did she ask you to do it? No. Does she know you're doing it? No. It's like, oh my God. He's such an idiot. The He's other thing so is dumb. that makes me really infuriated about that clip that they kept showing of him telling his daughter and Kelly, like, I'll never talk to another inmate again. It's like, you were already talking to this yes. woman, Sarah, so you knew that was a bold-faced lie. So let's back up to the part where you said, you don't lie to women. You are constantly lying to women. Constantly. Yes. You lied to your uh, daughter. Like, it's, yeah. it's crazy that he – and but he – and I mean, it, it is super frustrating the way he just kind of carries himself as if, oh, this I'm being, I'm the one being reasonable. This is all normal, and it's like you have to know it's not right. No, you, you're not that dumb. I mean, you are that dumb, but you can't be that dumb to think that we're. We don't think we're that dumb, do you? Because right. that's crazy talk. Well, the other thing too is. I think it's really frustrating to hear him always say, like, I love my kids. I love my kids. And, yeah, I mean, I feel like, okay, maybe you love them, but not the way that a parent should love their child, right? You have that, like, self-sacrificing love for your children. I, I would say that's mm -hmm. pretty normal for parents yeah. to feel that, not being a parent myself. But it's like you say you love your kids and then you want to move farther away from them so you, like, never see them. And you're risking that you know that Kelly's going to get mad. You That's why you're trying to butter her up right now. And you're trying to say, like, I don't want her to cut me off from my kids. But it's like, but you're still going to do the thing that could cut you off from your kids because you don't give a crap about them. Yeah, no. And the way he puts 
it's it just, uh, yeah, he's an infuriating father, right? Yes. To me, that, that that that's where I'm standing from as as somebody with kids. The idea of it, like, if I was dating someone, they're like, you know, I'm kind of making it going the other way, right? Because I'm on the East Coast and he's close to the West Coast. They were like, oh, you need to move to Texas. I'd be like, oh, we're going to break up because that's yeah. not going to happen, right? Right. Like, and um, so that's, and that, it wouldn't even be a second thought. Like, it would not yeah. even, it just it, it, instantly, I'm like, I'm not moving. What are you, crazy? No. Um, so like on top of that, but it just seems like what he wants is he to have, have access to his kids is going to move to Ohio and then have his ex baby mama bring the kids to him. He's like, I want you to be able to come out and visit them. So he's, he's like kind of like put all of the responsibility of their kids having a relationship with their father on her. Mm-hmm. And then when she's like, I'm not doing that shit, he's like, well, you're being selfish. I should have a relationship with my kids. And it's like, no, get out of here, man. Especially because, let's remind ourselves, he hasn't even met Sarah. So he is willing to sacrifice his relationship with kids with someone he's never even met. That's insane to me. Yeah, that is that is crazy. It's, it's, it's nuts. I mean, even if you – I'm trying to think, even if you did have – wouldn't you be – completely freaked out if somebody you were interested in dating was like, oh, I moved across the country from my kids to be with you and I'm here now. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, wait be like, a second. <laughs> let's back the train up first of all. Like, okay, you know, let's recall what happened the last season that Sean and Destiny were in. Destiny did not react so great when she was like uncovering all these little lies that this future person is good. Sarah is going to figure out pretty quickly. For one, you are not 36. Destiny was like, whoa, old man, what's happening here? Instantly, you know, he's not 36. Yes. All right. Okay. Second thing. Then you like, go like, oh, he's a father, you know, to six kids. You're like, whoa, wait, what? And he like, doesn't even remember how many he told her. Right. And he he has the same plan where he always goes, well, I thought it would be better to not tell her about that until things settle down a little bit. It's like, that's a good way to ensure that things never settle down. Like, <sighs> because you're not, it's never going to be calm enough for you to be like, okay, now's the time when I want to tell you this thing, blah, 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 blah right? Like, I want to tell you about this crazy ex that I have who keeps calling me from prison and saying I owe her money because of reasons okay. that she Here has why Sean is incredibly delusional, right? He has mm-hmm. this idea, like he's such a catch, and that he'll somehow win this person over, like immediately. Yes. Where it's like I can tell them all this stuff later, and then it won't matter because they'll all already be like so into me. It's like there is nothing redeeming about Sean. That upon first impression, you're like, okay, like oh, you have ten kids, that's okay. <laughs> oh, you know, like you're really fifty something, that's fine. There's no. Redeeming things about Sean. He is not a catch at all. No. And like the thing is, is that instant, that first time you see Sean, that's the high watermark. He is all downhill from there. Oh, God. Yeah. Like he is not considerate. He's not, he's holding crap from you. He can get, he's sullen and moody. It's, it, that's it. So it's not like he's like super attractive or oh, no. has no. a lot of money. Like, so what are the other first impression fit. things? Yeah. He's like, not educated, you know, it's like, what redeeming qualities do you have? I would be interested to see, and I know they probably showed us at some point, but it's been so long. I really want to see what kinds of pictures he's using on his profiles to claim oh, yeah. he's 36. 
That's a good – they might be pictures from when he was 36. Maybe. I was like, are they convincing 36-year-old pictures? Because he also doesn't seem the type of person to be able to, like, figure out filters. Like, this is the kind of guy that, like, puts a filter on and now he has, like, dog Literally ears. using pictures from 10 oh, years okay, ago. that makes sense. <laughs> like, like, actual pictures that he took 10 years ago. Did he even have a camera back then? I don't know. I don't – I'm sure, like, I'm sure he has pictures of him with his kids. He probably does that stupid thing. Oh, where he put, yeah. Oh, he probably just puts his kids' friggin' faces and sends oh, them to inmates because he's that dumb. Oh, Lord. Okay. <sighs> so let's move on. We'll talk about uh, Brittany and Marcelino. So Marcelino is taking care of the kids in the pool as Brittany is pouring herself a glass of wine after a long day of work. Brittany is starting a sober living house with her partners, Kanan, Cassandra, and Robert. Brittany and Marcelino have invested personally $8,000 into this business, and Marcelino feels like it's a gamble because he doesn't necessarily trust the people that Brittany's working with. Uh, as we find out, Kanan and Cassandra are uh, ex-felons as well, and so, you know, that becomes a problem later on because Cassandra and Kanan call Brittany frantically, and they find that the money they have invested is missing from the bank account. It ends up that all the women were not allowed to be on the bank account because of their felonies. So it ends up that Robert, a former drug addict, was the only one on there. And now he's being shady and they suspect that Robert has stolen the money to get high. Brittany asks Marcelino to watch the kids again the next day so she can handle the situation, but she doesn't want to quite tell Marcelino what's up until they get to the bottom of it. Okay, so, like, I super appreciate that Brittany's, like, trying to do something and they're trying to invest money. And this is, like, uh -huh. such a shit situation where yes. this guy, Robert, like, where do you think the money went? Predictions. I mean, uh. Because that's a lot of money to get high. That's a lot of money. You, you get very high with that oh, much yeah. money. Yes. <laughs> like, um, but it's. I don't know. I mean, I it, it's definitely not in the bank account now, right? Like, but I could also see him being like, "Oh, well, I wanted to put it in this investment thing instead because of the money," and then not telling anybody about it too. Um, I wanted the money to grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. yeah. So I just did that, and I put it. I put it in this account that did this, and I mean, it, that might be a pyramid scheme that he just put it into. Like, I would, yeah. I wouldn't sell that too. I don't necessarily. I mean, him stealing it all is. Certainly a possibility. Um, yeah. Because it's like – but but then I – but I just don't think it went that way. I, I think it's some some something still sketchy but less overtly like just criminal, right? Right, right. But like I was kind of thinking, I was like, is was there a better way for them to handle this? Like could they have had like a business account and like incorporated yeah. themselves and things like that? Right. That's what I was thinking, first of all. But second of all, if you have like a business account, like, and I, I've been a signer on business accounts, you always have to have two signers. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot more difficult to do things like this when you have two signers. And so even something like, you know, if none of the girls can be on it, like, Ask Marcelino. Ask Marcelino to do it. Yeah. yeah. But you, you need to have that second person on there to avoid situations just like this. Right. And I mean, it, it, it seems like she was kind of avoiding a little bit of a Marcelino, I told you so situation. Yeah. But it's not like his ideas of what to do with the money was any better because he just wanted to put it in crypto. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's like, oh, maybe goodness. we could have put it in crypto. Well, you know, he is into gambling. That makes sense. Right. But That's which is funny because he like gambles for a living and then feels like somebody establishing a business. It's like, mm, I, know, right? I don't like this. <laughs> this feels too risky. You literally play poker for a living. Uh, you know, and but I was going to say, I think the thing that feels risky to Marcelino is being in business with these particular people. Yes, you that's know? true. And that's so true. it's because they're all like coming from like maybe not the most stable background, criminal backgrounds. Like, let's be real here. Yeah. And so that's yeah. part of the reason why he just doesn't trust them. Right. Well, I mean, clearly the banks don't trust them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and so and so but you're going to trust the junkie. Like that also seems unfair, you know? Yeah, because the junkie never went to jail. Like, but like, but the other people did. did. It's but like, that's what it's, I'm saying. That's what seems so unfair about it. Yeah. Oh, definitely, it's an unfair situation. Like, we definitely see from time to time in the show just how hard, how yeah, incredibly difficult it is to actually turn it around because you're just like rejected out of society. Yeah. And you're like, well, where else? How am I supposed? How else am I supposed to do it except for the thing that I know how to do? Because you won't let me do anything else. Right. And I feel it the most with Brittany. I think she's been the most like um, eloquent about talking about her situation and like things they've been trying to do. Like they were talking about on one of those like life after lockup or life in between segments Mm -hmm. at one point how she pretty much uh, was struggling to rent places because they don't want to rent to felons. But for some reason, buying property, not a big deal. They'll give it to anyone. You know? so, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So taking out a huge loan, okay. You know, trying to legitimately pay rent, not okay. So, yeah. Which you know, is, things oh, like that. That's, that's, that's scary because it's like, I mean, that feel like, I don't know. I feel like that's what happened in 2007. They just There was too many loans going to people who had, couldn't pay them back. And, yeah. Oh, I don't want to do that again. Unless – I mean I kind of want that to happen a little <laughs> selfishly. I know, I know house, you're in the market. <laughs> housing prices could go down for a second. Anyway, going on to the last couple and that is Lacey and Shane. So Lacey is feeding their baby Summer and Shane just kind of comes in and says, I'm going to the gym unless, you know, so he can stave off that dad bod. So anyway, they recap the prior appearances on the show and Lacey says that this baby has made things harder on her and Shane. Lacey would rather Shane stay and help out with the baby and is suspicious when she finds that Shane is wearing cologne to go to the gym. Anyway, in other news, Shane has quit his job to help support – to help like take care of the family. I wouldn't say support. That's not what you do when you quit your job. Anyway, he's surprised about how being hard a dad is and he – and he's also doing this while he's putting chains on a bench press bar. I don't know what that is. Anyway, while Shane is out, Lacey goes to the baby gym with her kids and her dad, show, dad John, shows up to talk. She tells him that Shane is just not pulling his weight with the kids and he spends an ungodly amount of time at the gym instead of home. John has an idea that he could join the military because they just let every asshole into the military. But <laughs> Lacey says actually they don't because he has a criminal record and he can't go into the military. But anyway, John has another idea. Maybe Shane actually isn't into going to the gym but has a side chick instead. And other weird Shane news, we see that he got braces for himself without telling Lacey, whose primary concern when he shows her is whether or not he can successfully go down on her with the braces. She worries about the $4,000 price tag second but is more – which it's more than they can afford but it's also something that she they should have talked about before he got it done. Which kind of bridges us to the bedroom, where we learn that their sex life has gone from six times a day, eye roll, to something significantly less than that. 
Shane isn't in a, Lacey tries to get down, but Shane isn't in the mood right now. And she gives it her all to get things going, but nothing happens. Shane says he's just tired and it's okay to be tired, but eventually she kind of, it raises her suspicions because if you're not getting any from me, then who are you getting it from? Anyway, he says that everything is still good and he's still into her and everything, but he's just busy and tired. So he rolls over away from her and she wonders if he's cheating before grabbing the vibrator out of the bedside table. Oh, it was, I, I don't know. I thought the funniest part of that was they kind of, as she turned on the vibrator and you could hear it and they tried to like show like a picture of like Shane's face and you could yeah. tell he was holding back. He was like, just, he was almost cracking up and he was like, I'm supposed to have a serious face. He was just like, <laughs> but anyway, anyway, um, let's go with, I don't know, Shane. So Shane actually said that he is, thinks he's suffering from postpartum depression because guys can get that too. So how do you, do you kind of think that might be the case here? Yes. Um, but I just, I think it's weird to call it that because yes. as we know, like postpartum is because of like the hormone imbalance because of having a kid. Right. And so it's really, I don't know, more of like a physical thing, like chemically, I guess. And I definitely think that, this the kind of depression he has it is postpartum but i think to call it postpartum yes. depression seems odd um but i think it's uh like this is a very common thing when people have an expectation of what these big milestones are in their life right so like marriage right you hear all the time that people get married and they think like oh it's going to be this like like big honeymoon and then so many people say that first year of marriage is the hardest year of marriage because they had this expectation of what married life would look like and it's not living up to that expectation and i mm-hmm. kind of feel like that's the same thing with this baby like you know, they really wanted this baby. You know, this was not an right. easy baby. They had to go out of their way to do in Very vitro. So. And mm-hmm. like this was a choice, you know. And so it's not that he went in this being like, oh, I'm an accidental dad. I didn't ask for any of this. Like he was asking for this. He wanted this. But I don't think it met his expectation of what being a dad, having a child was to him and i think because it doesn't meet that expectations like he it just it depresses you yeah it does it does so i looked it up it's uh, officially called uh post paternal postnatal depression okay there you go right? so there is yeah. <laughs> there is a, there is a thing for because it, it is it is a real phenomenon part of it comes mm-hmm. up to because and that's what i think you're exactly right there's a whole lot of excitement and anticipation and build up mm-hmm. for something that I mean, honestly, the first – It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. A lot of and work. And it, it's, it's all of a sudden something you think is just going to be this, you know, joyous uh, rainbows and living in blissful happiness. And you're like, no, it's 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 work. Yeah. Like, it's work and you don't have sleep and you can't do the things. And so I'm, I'm not surprised, especially from him because he's kind of a simple dude. Yeah. And he's young too. He just doesn't have a lot of life experience. He doesn't have a lot of life experience. And like, yes. And, and also, I don't know that he – was really all that familiar with working hard in the past. Yeah, I know. And right. so like he doesn't know what hard work is. And then all right. of a sudden that can really hit you upside the head and be like, oh, I thought I was working hard before. And no, this is bad. Especially because for as much as work as he thinks he's putting in, Lacey is like, yeah, he's not doing shit. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm doing it all. 
Well, you know, and the other thing, too, I think is, uh, you know, something like having a baby, it really tests your ability to function with minimal yes. sleep, right? And I think T- a lot totally. of people just mm-hmm. have never had to deal with that. And so it does – it severely affects your mood not getting sleep. And so that's part of it, too, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I Maybe it's just this, like, idea I have, but it feels like you get a lot of opportunity for sleep in prison, right? Because <laughs> it's like, what are you doing <laughs> right. at night? It's not like they're waking you up. The ass crack of dawn is not like boot camp or something, right? So to me, it just seems like, you know, maybe he's never used to not having sleep. That might be true. I don't know. I, I have no idea how much or little sleep you can get in prison. But like, yeah, I can see that. A lot of people not used to the changes in sleep. And a lot of people don't like respond to the changes in sleep the same, mm-hmm. right? I I am someone who doesn't need very much sleep. So if you I take away sleep weird. from me and I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I got five and a half hours last night. It's yeah, nice. I need yeah. – you know how many I got last night? Okay, but of course, it's a weird situation. I got 12 hours of sleep last night. But, yeah, but once again, weird situation because, you know, my eye surgery, whatever. So yes, I need to keep my eyes closed as much as possible. So I got a lot of sleep. <laughs> literally doubled my sleep is what we're saying. Yeah, and I'm still tired. I could have really taken a nap. That's my thing. Is I feel like when the more I sleep, the more tired I get. Anyway, going back, um, like – and. Yes. But that's what I was thinking too is like a lot of the stuff he's kind of displaying do reflect the depression. The lowered mm-hmm. sex drive yeah. is definitely a thing. Um, now, the part where he always – he does that dad thing. That's super common for dads to find something that people – usually it's work, mm-hmm. right? Nobody knocks him. Oh, he's at work. He was at work. He was at work. But like they kind of go to work to – avoid being at home sure sure the right? distraction. and he did it mm-hmm. and he did it for the he does it with the gym like um let's go oh i gotta be i gotta be in good shape i gotta go to the gym it can't possibly be just the gym who spends 10 hours at the gym i feel like you would have a broken body at that point well yeah you can't be actually actively working out for 10 hours he's just wandering around yeah oh, i'll go to the i don't know he didn't seem like he went to the kind of gym that has like the juice bar <laughs> you get the protein shake. You got to hang out. And then, you know, like there's definitely people who go to the gym and they work out for like 30 minutes, but they're there for like three hours. And you're yeah. like, oh, I was at the gym for three hours. And yeah. Like, yeah. Were you really? Yeah. But I, like Father John, have my suspicions. What are you doing for 10 hours? Yes. Talk to me about it. Like that seems like a reasonable I mean, walk yeah. me through, journal your day next time you're at the gym. I want to know what, what, right. how does it take you 10 hours to do visit the gym? I, if I were Lacey, I'd be incredibly resentful. There is nothing productive you're doing for that period of time. So come back home and help out with the kids. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And, and, and it doesn't help that Lacey is also feeling like extremely rejected by the lack yes. of sex. Um, and she, cause she is definitely a person who, is a very sexual person, right? Yes. And definitely seems to wrap up a lot of self-worth in her, like, her looks. desirability. I mean, right? she even made the comment, you know, like, I wish I would just know what was wrong so I could fix it. You know, like, getting another a boob job, butt. getting yeah. bigger butts, like, getting, like, bigger lips, you know? It's like she she wants to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I do feel – I. Do you feel bad for her? Like, honestly, I usually don't feel bad for her. But in this one, I kind of I did. I do feel bad for her because, uh, you know, something like really, I think, insightful and kind of grown up for her to like recognize was she was talking about, you know, when she was pregnant with her first kid at 17. She's like, Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to be this amazing mom, you know, and that 
You know, we were just going to have this bond and relationship. And she was like, it was freaking hard. And she's like, and I didn't know what I was doing. Like, you know, to kind of look back and like kind of admit that and kind of relate that same situation to Shane, a first time parent, you know, really, Mm -hmm. at least at the baby uh, phase. You know, I thought it was like, well, you know, she kind of knows what he's going through. And, you know, we don't really know what the answer is in terms of how to get him to snap out of it. But at least she can understand, like, you know, I thought this was going to be this amazing experience and I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. But I have a, uh, I, uh, it's one of those things, too, that I'm sure she probably warned him about that and he mm-hmm. just didn't. He couldn't hear it. It's not something you can hear. You have to experience it, unfortunately. Yeah, but that's just like how talking to young people are, right? It's just like you try to warn them about whatever these things are just so they don't have to learn the lesson the hard way, but they don't get it until they learn the lesson the hard way. Yes, and then they come back and they're like, Dom, it's H. You were totally right. Holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, yeah, I know. (laughs) With years comes experience and wisdom. (laughs) All right, so that about covers it. Uh, in the previews, we see that we have yet to see Amber and Puppy, uh, Deontay mm-hmm. and Nicole, and John and Christiana, but we have a few more couples that will probably switch off, I'm guessing, you know, at right. some point. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure they'll be on and off because we, we never know how long these things I go. But I feel like the life after lockup ones tend to go longer. Yes, yes. So, uh, based on these couples, who was your student of the week? I mean, Ray. I um, know, right? It wasn't great that he um, didn't – it was a lie that he was – he had kind of held – he'd held back this $143,000 restitution Mm -hmm. before. But at least he has his like – you know, at least he's got his steering wheel pointed in the right direction. Sure. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to pay off his money. I'm going to take care of my stuff. I'm going to go forward. Nothing crazy. Nothing like – Getting out of his lane. And, and and so, you know, slim pickings, but I went with Ray. Right. So kind of based on that same logic, I uh, went with Brittany because I feel okay. like, you know, in this particular episode, she didn't really do a whole lot. But what she's doing big picture, like I think it's really great that she's trying to help people that were in her similar situation and kind of getting it to maybe not making them the best business choices along the way. But once again, that's more of a lack of experience than, you know, her heart is in the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. What about your dunce? I think we can both agree, right? Oh, it's Sean. Yeah, of it's course. Sean. Yeah. <laughs> just, just so dumb. Like every, oh I, I just, gosh. it was, I was, I was laughing so much at this one just because every time I was like, oh my God, he's so dumb. And then he would say something dumber. Oh, and it was yeah. just the situation just kept getting dumber. Like it was really, really well put together. I loved it. Oh my gosh. Okay, so it actually leads me to my life lesson. Cause the thing that really just like from Kelly's perspective, I was just like, oh, oh. no, don't even. Don't ever insist that your ex isn't over you. Even if that's true, what kind of reaction are you going to get out of them? Like, seriously, what did he think she was going to do? Oh, yeah, you know, I really do love you. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Like, what? You're just (laughs) going to anger her. Yeah, that's not going to make things better. Oh, you no. got me. That's exactly right. Oh, that's yeah, it. Really, I'm oh, really in love with right. you. You're right. Now, mm. now that you pointed that out, I'm going to let you move to Ohio, I and I'll know. bring the kids, and we'll meet the we'll meet this person you've never met. Yeah, oh, sure. God, okay, idiot. we got it now. That was the key to my heart. Right. <laughs> you calling me out? Sure. No. So mine goes to something. Uh, mine goes to Stan and Lisa because it, maybe it's just a personal thing. I don't like it when 
you have those half serious, half joking conversations. And I'm not oh, sure yeah. which one it is, right? They yeah. did this with the money. He tried to give her $20 and he was, was he joking? Was he not? Can she really have $20? How much money can I spend? It just leaves me lost and confused. Like, so, you know, it's, it's not helpful to half joke about like things that actually have to have answers oh, because yeah. at the end of it, they were both joking, and I was like, okay, so what's the answer? How much money can she spend? Right, because he <laughs> said, oh, $5, so she's kind of like, okay, 350 because you didn't give me, like, a realistic you amount. You didn't give me an actual thing. You were just joking the whole time. Like, yeah. if, there's a, if there is a thing that has an actual answer, you can't joke about it and not actually give the answer. Right. Well, I mean, I think that's part of Stan not trying to burn bridges, I guess. Um, he didn't want to upset her and actually have a real yes. argument. Mm-hmm. So he was trying to get it across. But he still that, wanted to admit, but he still yeah. wanted a point to get across. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. All right. So same group is back next week. Uh, we're just getting started with this. So should be some interesting things to come. It looks like there's a lot of, you know, interesting because this is the one where they kind of preview the whole season yeah. instead of the next episode. Right. So, right. yeah, they really tease it out pretty good. I'm excited. OK, sounds good. So uh, right. we'll be back next week. Okay, see everybody then. Okay, bye. Bye.